the opinion line on Corks 96 FM. Sitting across from me in studio, and it's so good to be able to have people back in studio again. It's Aideen and Danny McAuliffe. Aideen, you teach stage school, performing arts. Danny, you're a physio. You've three kids, and you literally took off in the middle of lockdown to go to Central America. Take up the story. Whose idea was it, and why? Uh, yeah, it was actually my idea, I think, initially. I suppose the, the genesis of the story is that first in October 2020, um, Aideen's school was open for three weeks. We jumped through, you know, an extraordinary amount of hoops to be compliant and to open up regarding COVID. And I think we were open two to three weeks and um, Michal Martin went from level two back to level five again. Um mm-hmm. So we went into lockdown too. It was pretty clear that Aideen School was going to be closed until after Christmas. Mm-hmm. So, and at that stage, we kind of made the decision not to transition back to online, which we had done in March 2020. So basically, Aideen was going to be twiddling her thumbs mm-hmm. uh, until after Christmas. So I just said, why don't we just go away? And um, so we literally Googled what countries are open for tourism at the moment. Um, our first choice, New Zealand, wasn't, but Costa Rica popped up. Because that's the thing. I mean, it, it was a time when we were all being told, you know, only essential travel and all of this. Mm-hmm. So it it must have been difficult to find somewhere to go. Yes, exactly. It was it was very difficult, and we were very limited as to where we could go. I remember when we did the Google search initially. Um, obviously, it was in alphabetical order, and two of the first choices were Chad or Costa Rica. So Danny and I looked at each other and said, I don't think we'll go to Chad, but we might go to Costa Rica. Um, and I suppose the biggest attraction with that Costa Rica was our kids are big into wildlife and into animals. Mm-hmm. And it is an, you know, an outdoor playground for, for wildlife and for scenery like that. So, of course, yes, COVID was a big consideration at the time, um, but we knew we had a long length of time to play around with. So we could very easily go there and isolate for two weeks. And then we knew when we came back, we could go and right. isolate for two weeks. Oh, so you, you did all that. Like you, you yeah. had to isolate getting in and all that kind of thing. Except, well, there was necessarily any rule to isolate when you're over there however like in any hot country everything is a lot of everything's outdoors anyway yes. so we, we, we Airbnb'd everywhere we went so the Airbnb that we got the first time it was an isolated house in the jungle so right. we didn't have anybody you to were isolate, you were isolating by default anyway exactly that and was being a hot country where everything's in the open air That's life it. was an awful lot mm-hmm. safer how did you manage to get flights in the middle of it all because there was nothing going, there was nothing going um, there, 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 there was, there wasn't really? any problem getting flights. Yeah, and actually, they were, they were quite busy. There was no empty flights. Let's right. say, I suppose there was just fewer of them. Yeah. Um. Uh. So we went through Madrid and then went on into Costa Rica and. I said just isolated actually the house I'm just thinking back now the house we had that those first few weeks it actually didn't have any walls <laughs> the bedroom had walls but the sitting room living area all of it was just open plan into yeah. the jungle so uh, you, your photos are just idyllic it is a gorgeous gorgeous place and I know someone who spent a little bit of time there as well like backpacking like you were and mm-hmm. just said it is just so stunningly stunningly beautiful and Danny then at what point did you decide hold on a second this is too good to go home you got to go home and come back out yeah, I like. I think it. it I mean, it was just mind blowing, you know, for us. Um, the, the whole that whole six weeks in Costa Rica, it, it was every single day going around, going, you know, oh my god, this is this is ridiculously nice, you know. Mm. So when we came home, we it was eighteen actually, kind of was like we should go for six months, and I was like, oh my god, not a hope, you know, how are we going to manage six months? 
and then we just I suppose broke it down and we kind of we made a decision to make a decision by the 1st of February whether we were going to do it or not so we we just went for it and we made the decision yeah we'll go for six months and we'll go in October so we've got something like eight months to, to, to get ourselves together and, and make it possible. Right. So. I mean, obviously there's bills to pay, there's loans to clear, there's mm. school mm-hmm. arrangements to mm. be made. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Lord knows what. Yeah, we didn't see much of each other for, this, for the eight months. But we, <laughs> we worked pretty hard to, yeah. to get things in order, yeah. I suppose the beauty being um, is that both of us are self-employed. So both of us have our own our own businesses. Yeah. So we were able to make those, you know, a privileged position whereby we were able to make the arrangements that our businesses would be able to continue working and we would manage them remotely while we were away. Mm. So we did work while we were away, um, which meant that, and that was one of the reasons why we went back to Central America because of the time difference. So the time difference in the morning, we were able to get up early, five o'clock in the morning, which was in mm. around 11 o'clock here and I'd be able to log in with everybody in the office and I'd be able to work like that until the oh, afternoon. Okay, so you, you worked while you were away. Oh, we yeah, did, we both, yeah, we both continued to work for the six months. Yeah, For the worked, six months yeah. period we did. Uh, yeah. Now, I'm, I don't know how you do physio remotely, Denny. <laughs> yeah, well, I suppose I, yeah, I, I probably had a little bit less work to do than Aideen. You know, I, I had a manager, a wonderful physio, Dylan Kennedy, came into right. my practice. Okay. Um, so a lot of it was just touching base with Dylan, making sure everything was okay. Right. If there was any anyone new patient you know I might give them a buzz and make sure what was going on with them and then relay to Dylan so mine was and uh, yeah it was a little bit more hands off obviously than Aideen was putting in a solid six to eight hours every day whereas I I was kind of I was pretending to work a lot of the time kept your business which (laughs) meant I suppose everywhere you went then you had to you had to look after things like Wi-Fi and connections and you had to do all that Mm -hmm. so you actually did like move house for six months yeah and we you know it, it allowed us to tap into this whole new community of nomadic families that travel and they work online full time so everywhere we went of course Wi-Fi was a huge consideration but also to have a community of people who had similar lifestyles to us whereby we needed you know education for our children we needed time to work and good Wi-Fi and safe place for for that to happen and but it's absolutely fascinating to know the amount of people that do that now and I think COVID opened up that way of life to so many families. You found new ways to school the children Mm-hmm. Explain what it was. It was kind of a moving around school and a different form of education. Yes, indeed. So our ki- our children go to traditional school to Daniel in um, in Tupat House, just outside Mallow. And I suppose I'm a primary school teacher by trade, also. Um, so education was a huge of a huge importance to us. However, both of us are firm believers that education isn't or doesn't always happen inside the classroom walls mm. that there's an awful lot of education to happen outside of it too um, so we looked into that first school that we went to was in the Dominican Republic and that was the reason we actually went there was we found this self-directed school in uh, Cabrera in northern um, Dominican Republic What does that mean self-directed? Yeah, so it, what it is it is a different outlook on education whereby uh, the topics of education um, all depend on the child's interest so let's say when we went there uh, this particular school, um, they uh, they focus a lot on uh, sustainability goals of the UN. So they, th- their idea is to educate these children to be global citizens and mm-hmm. to look at the world and what they can bring to it as a citizen. Mm. So uh, the topic was for the six weeks when we were there was zero hunger. So for our children, they all, let's say our oldest girl, she learned how to build a water filtration system. Um, Our middle boy, they went out and they visited loads of local farms and they saw how the farmers would grow the crops and then what the women in the kitchens would do to 
make what they would make from those crops mm. and the local dishes. And then our youngest girl, um, she was all about fair trade and going to the shops and looking at the little symbols on the back of you know the products where they're from, sure. etc. So it was all about. So they do this in school. Uh huh. Wow. It is. It's wow. called a self-directed world school. It's, it's school in inverted commas in some respects as well, though. I mean, it's completely unlike the traditional school here. I suppose, first of all, you have smaller numbers. Second of all, you have a mishmash of nationalities and and ages all in together. And it's, it's you know, very loose. It's up to the kid to show initiative. And, you know, they're not being, they don't have their hand held and said, right, you need to do X, Y and Z for uh-huh. the next 30 minutes. It's a case of, you know, well, what are you doing? Oh, we're doing the water filtration system well, what do you think about that? How do you think you should do, you know, what, what will you do next? Mm. So they did find this initially quite frustrating, which is, is kind of, you know, funny because bringing them out of a situation whereby it's a very rigid, you know, structure into one where it's open. I mean, they could go for a nap on the couch if they felt like going for a nap on the couch, you right. know, in school. So they struggled a little bit for a while, but mm. towards the end, they kind of got into it then, you know. Mm. And they go to a lovely little school uh, and because I pass it quite regularly, it looks mm-hmm. lovely. Totally different. How did they react? It, it all depends. The three children have three very different personalities, and it's say our oldest girl who would like structure and being, you know, to do what teacher says. She struggled a little bit more than the other two, who were very much into, uh, you know, what whatever took their interest and they went with it. Um, uh, so she struggled a little bit more. But the, young, the younger two oh my god we're doing a project they didn't even look at it as school it was like we're building things and we're researching things and we're working together as a team as opposed to being told you must do A and B and C now in saying that they're going back in traditional school last yeah. week uh, on Monday and they're very happy there also now you had to keep that going and you being a primary teacher mm-hmm. that, that helped there was a bag of books went everywhere because you knew you'd be coming back to Irish and English and sums and exactly. Yeah. Well, for us, this was always a short-term thing. Yeah. So yes, the books did come with us, and um, uh, you know, I don't know, did we did we cover all of the I'm Shalaharuk or the I'm Shakata with all of them? But we certainly kept up with the maths you know English. What? That was I, I, after what the, the, after what they learned in those wonderful places that you described. Mm-hmm. I'd say who cares about the I'm Shalaharuk? I'm sorry, I, 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 I would. Say. Danny, then uh, for yourselves. It was a whole education too, because you you lived kind of in a, the closest thing I can think of a commune. Yeah, um, yeah, like it's it. You know, but you know, it was so busy prior to going over there. We we probably once we got the school sorted and the flight sorted and 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 you know the COVID regulations sorted and the transport. You know, all of these I suppose big things sorted. We probably hadn't given a whole pile of headspace to what it was going to be like to live in shared accommodation, um, but. You know, so our first six weeks of the 24 we were away were in a shared accommodation villa in, in, in Cabrera in Dominican Republic. So we had nothing else booked. But after that six weeks, we made the decision that as much as possible for the rest of our trip, we try and seek out shared accommodation. We, we loved it that much. It was so interesting. It was so engaging. The kids had peers that they could play with. Um, there was so many individuals that, that I, it, it was just a really nice time. You know, I mean, like we live in rural Ireland. So to socialize, you have to drive to a pub, mm. you know, meet your friends and get a taxi home and get your car collected. It's a little bit of an ordeal. So suddenly to be thrown into a situation where A, you're in shorts and a t-shirt, it's super warm outside, everybody's relaxed and you can have a couple of beers and then just walk down to your room 
was such a novelty, I think, for us. Mm. And as the, the, the period of time went on, we just got to know so many more people. And, you know, we were in shared accommodation pretty much right up to the end. Now, mm. interspersed, we had periods of time on our own, which I think was important because you needed to go in, reset as a family. But after a week or two, we were, we were straight back into shared accommodation again. And we have come across the most wacky and wonderful characters from everywhere really you know around the world I think the learning for it I, I know myself I'm, I am beyond jealous listening to the two of you because I would love to do it and your message is if you think you can do it and if you th- and there's a, there's a commitment it was expensive I suppose as if you quit involved mm. if you think you can do it just do it well, yes, that is our message. I mean, we're a very run-of-the-mill family. There's nothing, anything out of the ordinary by us. We just, re- COVID really taught us that time is so precious mm. and it's particularly precious with the kids. And childhood is such a short season. Our oldest is 12. And we said, if we don't go now, she won't want to be with us in a year, yeah. you know, when it comes to that time. So that's when we came back from Costa Rica the first year. We said, we only really have a year or two when our oldest girl still wants to hang out with mom and dad. Mm. So... The biggest thing that we brought away from the trip is that we can spend six months at home, going to work, coming back, visiting family, visiting friends, you know, the, the lovely things about home. Or we can go and spend those six months exploring new places together, seeing wonderful things together and exposing our children to all these cultures and sounds and smells that they just won't get in Tupac House in, yeah. in Ireland. Yeah. But it will be there for them when they go home. So if we can explore and show, share Sure, share the world with their kids while they're that age. It will make them better global citizens. It will open their minds to mm. the adventure of travel and the adventure of meeting new people. You know, I guess in this time when we're all worried about the climate and the future of it, Danny, I guess your your children have been immersed, and you have too, but you, your your kids have been immersed in this beautiful, beautiful place and these incredible things at a time when they're all under threat. You are 100%, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's something I think that they're definitely aware of. And I think, you know, projects like they were doing in Cabrera, you know, only highlight what's happening around the world. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, and it's just incredible to see these places. Like, it's only when you go to these places you realize how and and it's wonderful you know but how in some respects benign you know a country ireland is in the sense that well first of all there's, there's no animals really that'll kill you yeah. you know um like the, the 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 climate is is relatively stable there's no earthquakes there's no volcanoes you know it's everything is really 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 calm but then when you go to you know places like guatemala or nicaragua and you see these volcanoes everywhere and we there was an earthquake while we were there and you know they've all these these snakes and no in saying that it's not dangerous at all yeah. but it's just amazing to see that that biodiversity that is there that you normally only see in the television and definitely that's the thing isn't it like it's like it was like going and living for six months in a David Attenborough documentary. Oh, so many times you 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 walk into a place and you you actually feel like you've walked into the middle of of, of a, a David Attenborough documentary. Yeah, it's incredible. Oh, yeah, and 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 to go back to your point, you know, six months is obviously a major stretch of time for anybody to be able to organise themselves to do this. But you know, we would make the case that six weeks is 
plenty time enough mm-hmm. and and six weeks is probably achievable for for most people if they give themselves enough time to plan it and to go there and the only thing that that that's that that's certain is that it would be worth it like it is it's so amazing over there yeah yeah you're you know, you've got instagram i think that people can look at your photographs and they are astonishing <laughs> astonishing and one thing we were talking about before we came on air like you know, you even notice, Adrian, since you came back, it's dark or it's bright now at mm. quarter past nine at night. Yeah, that's right. And you realise that, in a way, is something we're very privileged to have, because on the equator, mm-hmm. and on the equator, so every single evening, when for the six months when we were away, it got dark, bang on six o'clock. Within five or seven minutes, it just goes like really? that. Yeah, it goes. It gets dark really fast. There's no twilight. Not necessarily. There's a build up for a couple of minutes right. and then afterwards, once the sun goes down, then you have these amazing colours of sunsets. Um, but it, it's dark. It's very dark, very fast. And is it the same in the morning? Is it bright? It, it, it gets bright very early in the morning. Yes, exactly. And very fast. <sighs> Simply because of where you're positioned. You're where you're positioned. Yeah. But the thing is that when you come back to Ireland, it's so many, so such amazing things here in Ireland too. You're, it's bright now in the evening. We come out of the airport; it was bright on course to ten in the <laughs> night time. It's, it's an extended amount of living hours in every single day um, that we don't have. And the other thing is, it, it, we have beautiful climate. Coming in here in April, coming home to April and having these spring evenings, it's not too warm. It's not too hot. Mm. I mean, we spent the last month in Nicaragua. And it was so, so warm. By 11 o'clock in the, in the daytime, it was nearly unbearable where you had to go indoors. Mm. So we, ha- we have a beautiful country in Ireland and we're so proud to come yeah. back and live do, here in Ireland. Do you appreciate, and you live in a beautiful part of the country, do, do you appreciate more what you have as well as seeing how the other half lives, as it were? Oh, definitely, yeah. I mean, like, we adore it where, where we were. But I don't think either of us would ever dream of leaving Ireland to live there full time or anything. You know, I mean, Ireland is 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 an amazing place to live in um, because of that stability and because everything is, you know, um, so well organized and well, well done. Um, but, yeah, it's nice to dip your toe in and have a look around and then come yeah. back to, to stability again. Yeah. And if somebody's listening and wants to do it, your advice is sit down, plan it and do it. Absolutely. Anything is possible. You just need to jump a few hurdles to get there first. Right. Aideen and Danny McAuliffe, I am, as I said, beyond jealous. <laughs> Thank you for coming in to the Opinion Line. Thank, Thank you so you much. Thank you. Cheers. Courts 96 FM.